we're back. We should be live on the web. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to our episode two of our weekly adventures of episode. And we're joined this evening by Nick Long, aka Hunter Aram, um, who was our first guest and first death of the campaign. Um, sorry about that, Nick. Um, no worries. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the way the dice roll. Um, and we'll be. Nick will be uh, reprising his role as Hunter. We're going to discover what's happened to Hunter since his death, as well as take, uh, take a bit of a look of what's going on at the Aram farm. So, um, without further ado, we'll have a, well, sorry, without further ado, a couple of ado, uh, a couple of quick announcements. Um, we have a Kickstarter due to start on the 1st of um september uh the details of which are now up in chat as well as a discord channel which everyone can come and join and get to talk to cast members myself and other people responsible for the development of fwa and ask all sorts of questions and spam memes which is apparently what discord is designed for uh details of which are in chat and um uh, we'll be back tomorrow for. We'll be, yeah. We'll, we'll also be on again tomorrow for our weekly recap show, um, and I will be on Friday evening, um, depending upon how drunk I am after the rugby, uh, for uh, the weekly Dev Corner. So with all the announcements done and stuff spammed in chat, without further ado, let's dive into the action. Um, so once last we stoked the fires of Athlone, we uh, certainly with. Uh, Nick involved. Um, Hunter Aram had just been had just been slain by a bear infected by some dark infernal spirit of some type. Um, whilst rescuing his two two children, Lena and uh, Vanna, I think it was Lena and Vanna. Yes, um, and uh, the our party of adventurers had buried Hunter. Um, and during the the funeral service, when everyone was saying their uh, saying their farewells, etc., um, the delightful Kada Selta um, whispered a pr whispered a prayer to her. Fair uh, <laughs> enough. Whispered a prayer to Darkos and uh, sent Hunter's soul probably not where he's expecting to go. Um, so, uh, but before we discover what's happened to Hunter. Um, as this runs chronologically along with um, the uh, current events, we find ourselves in this, uh, looking out upon the snowy landscape of northern Tanan and the quiet and subdued scene that is the Aram farm. The snows are still frosty, but starting to melt. The temperatures are starting to rise. Um, you find yourself as Lena, um, working in the barn, chewing hay, uh, when you hear your uh, your mother's voice, Cleanne, call out from from your home, from your cottage. Uh, Lena, Lena, sounds quite alarmed. I guess I pick up pick up my my pitchfork. <laughs> in a bit of concern uh, and sort of jog out um, into the field, see what I can see, you know, anything in front of me and, and then make my way over. Now, um, as you come out of the bar and you look around, there doesn't appear, any, appear to be any immediate threats. Um, there is a horse um, tied up outside um, the cottage, uh, that your home that you certainly hadn't heard come in while you were busy working in the, in the barn. I recognize the horse as um you don't recognize the horse so to speak it's a horse um <laughs> it's certainly not got any any significant markings it's got four legs a big long neck and stuff it looks like a horse it's a brown horse um so but yeah it's tied up the, the saddle appears to be functional and well used yeah i mean i'll, I'll head over again uh, I'll keep the jogging pace up, head over and just be sort of looking to my left and right and just trying to get a bit of a, a picture of uh, if I can see anybody else coming, if I recognise anybody in the building. Okay, you, you don't 
you, obviously, you, don't, you don't see anyone outside or anything, but as you come up and in uh, through the front door, you see um, your mother standing inside your in, inside your home and standing before her. He's one of the local uh, of the well, a deputy of the City Watch of Renford. Um, your mother looks up and goes, ah, "Lena, oh, uh, thank, thank God." Um, the, the the deputy here he's uh, come to ask about your father. Um, I thought it probably best he speaks to you as opposed to your brother. Of course. Um, well, what would you like to ask me, deputy? And the show, you know, he turns around and goes, um, "Good morning, sir. Um, my apologies uh, for your loss." I received word recently of, um, from uh, some travellers that have just passed through Renford. I'm currently staying in Renford, actually. Um, of the the pass, passing of your father, um, I kind of mentioned some strange events. So your mother said that she wasn't there. Um, I'd like to speak to you and your brother, but apparently she's kind of insistent that I don't speak to the, the younger of uh, Hunter's children. Um, could, could you please explain to uh, give, like, at least give me your interpretation of, upon what happened. I, I wasn't there when he was, I wasn't there when he was killed. Um, me and my brother had been out ice fishing and we got, we got attacked by the bear. Um, we both managed to escape, but in opposite directions. Uh, the next thing I sort of really remember was just coming back to the farm and finding that there was a, a group of people there, a group of people you spoke about. Um, and that's when I found out my father had been killed trying to defend my, my, my brother from the bear. Okay, well, uh, uh, this bear, um, we've heard some strange tales about it. Um... Uh, could you kind of give us any more details? Um, we're told there was something strange. Uh, yeah. Did you notice anything? He he wasn't normal. Uh, I've seen growing up on the farm. I've seen mm -hmm. lots of wildlife, lots of bears. I've I've seen them attack, and I've I've seen them fight. Um, there was a rage. Uh, his eyes were lit up is the best way i can describe it they they weren't normal eyes and that rage there was no usually a bear will only attack if it's protecting its young or if you're in its territory but mm -hmm. this one just seemed out for blood it's hard to describe okay um and where exactly did this attack take place it's on our way back from from ice fishing um my brother was was found uh, in a sort of gauze uh, out by the stones over there. Uh, we were taxed in between there and and home, really. Okay, um, for, for for next case because it's been a while since he was there. Um, you were over by a place known as the Seven Sisters. I thought I was going to say the sisters, the Seven Sisters. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. Um, it's been a month since you've, you you were, you you were last in this role. Um, so yeah, um, oh, okay, wonderful. So the, the bear had some kind of strange rage about it. Did you notice something physically odd about it? Um, its eyes. Um, we've seen some strange reports about creatures uh, recently with, um, shall we say, darker manifestations. Yeah. Um... The eyes were the main thing I, focused, uh, I looked at. Um, I I didn't take a lot in, if I'm honest. I was I, I was scared. And understandable, young man. Um, I said, I'm sorry, I don't want to push you too hard. You it's certainly a tragic and harrowing series of events for yourself and, and your family. And looks over at Cleanne and says. Um, I think this will do. Um, um, can I ask a, a question of you, ma'am? Uh, what were the names of the um, the travellers that passed through that assisted your your, uh, your husband? Um, and Cleanne looks over and she, she gives the names of Kada and Musa and 
uh, Mortem and uh, Favar. Um, and uh, Michelle, uh, the, the deputy kind of makes a note of them and uh, he looks over to you. Once that uh, conversation has taken place, he, he looks back to you, looks back at Cleanne and goes, oh, I think that will be everything. I, I don't think there's a need for me to, to trouble your, uh, your young boy. Um, if there is anything else uh, on behalf of the sheriff and uh, Janice and the rest of Renford, we are genuinely sorry for your loss. Your, your, he looks at you and says, your father really was a, was a good man. He was well thought of around here. Um, and then he goes, if you excuse me for a minute, he goes back, goes out to his saddlebags, comes back. He's got a small little chest um, and he brings it in and goes, um, uh, Sheriff uh, Martin asked me to, um, to bring this as uh, a, a gift from himself and uh, some of the other uh, residents of Renford, uh, just a little something for us. Um, if you need anything, uh, feel free to send one of the boys into town or we'll, we'll send someone out to come and uh, check up on you from time to time, if, if that's okay with you. Um, Cleanne kind of nods, kind of subjectively looks over towards you, because um, you are kind of the man of the house now. Big kind words, Deputy. He he really was a great man. Um, those those people you have in the town, the ones who helped us, mm -hmm. they saved my brother's life, and they probably saved mine because that bear would have come for me again. They they really are as as much heroes as my my father was. Um, but thank you, we appreciate everything. Um... Thank you very much. Um, I'll, I'll be sure to pass your words on um, in your, uh, shall we say, description of events on to, to the sheriff. Um, and um, like I said, uh, I'll probably pop by in two or three days just to see how everyone's doing. Um, and say, if you need anything from us, then uh, feel free to head into town and we'll do what we can for you. Thank and you, we will. As that kind of uh, with that, he kind of uh, makes short bow, heads off into uh, back out to his work. And you, you hear him mount up and head off. And your mother sit there, her shoulders, normally she was a, a very proud woman. And you can see that her shoulders kind of sagging a bit lax now uh, compared to before. Um, it's obviously been a, a difficult time. It's been two days, two, well, three days now since Hunter's death, like a day since. Um, Musa and Kada Morton and Thavar left. Um, and you're alone with your mother in the cottage. I'm not sure where uh, Vanna is. And just sort of put my, my arms around my mum and just say, we'll, we'll get through this one way or another. We've got the support we need. And me and Vanna will do anything we need to get this get his family back on track. Okay, that takes a couple of minutes for Vanna to like compose herself and you feel her back a little bit more rigid as if she's trying to put on a brave face and, and think of you uh, and, and try and pick herself up to, to move forward. She kind of steps back from you, holds you like kind of at arm's length at, at the shoulders. She has a very like, determined and proud look on her face. You're right, you're, you're right, my son. Um, it's difficult. Um, your father prepared you well. Um, but I have to ask, are, are you sh sure that you can run the farm? Are you sure you're capable? Um, I'm not sure if we have the funds to, to hire hands for the entire year. Um, but you, you're right, we sh we'll do what we can. We'll do what we can, and we'll all pitch in. We've been taught well, and we've all got the drive to get what needs to be done done. Okay. Um, from there, like I said, the conversation goes on. You, you can see like an, uh, a, a a sense of resolve come, uh, wash out, or kind of build up in your mother's face and in her posture and everything. She kind of pats you on back. Then what must be, we'll do what we'll do what must be done. Uh, in which case, uh, you have chores to do, my son. The farm, the farm must be made ready for spring. Smile and head back out. 
Oh, yeah, as, as you head back out and out towards the uh, farm, you can see where the tree is, uh, where your father was buried. And you notice Vanna um, kind of knelt down by the grave. Um, he's been at odds, um, certainly since your father's death. He's kind of, kind of been a little bit more withdrawn. Um, he's, he certainly struggled physically. Um, he's been running a bit of a temperature. So it was kind of a bit odd to see him outside. Um, your mother's been certainly overprotective of him since uh, his return and the injury he's re he received at the, the hands of the bear. Um, seeing that, I, I think I'll head over to, to him um, and I'm going to sort of make a bit of noise as I approach so as not to startle him too much, you know, make heavier footsteps. And then... Um, when I get within earshot, I'll, I'll call out to him and just ask him if he's okay. Yeah, um, crunching your way up over to him, he kind of looks up to you. You, you, you can see on his face, temperature-wise, he's still probably around, like, it was warmer now, so it's probably around one or two degrees Celsius today. Um, certainly that you can sense spring is starting to edge into the air very slowly. Um, you can see he's got a couple of glistening streaks that have uh, appeared on his cheeks. Maybe he's obviously been crying. Um, and his back's kind of to you. He looks over and you, you can see um, there's a little bit of blood that's soaked through on uh, on his clothing uh, from his wound. Um, obviously, the, the bear left quite a, a set of major gashes across his back when it uh, when it attacked him. Um, he wants over and looks at you. <laughs> Lena, um, how are you? Him. I miss him, but I don't know what I can do. I think the best thing I can do is to to work hard, and we need to stay strong for him. How are you? How's your your wind? Okay. Where's Mama? Who who was it? That, who was it? who was it? It was just uh, one of the deputies. He was just checking in on us, and the sheriff and some of the locals have they've given us a gift. He was just making sure we're right and, and asking some questions uh, about what happened. You can see, uh, mentioning about what happened, you can see that, that certainly with the look on his face, it's like a uh, like his life or, or certainly the events that evening kind of flash across his eyes. And you can see that his eyes widen considerably as if that he is reliving the horror of that incident um and um the rest of that evening because obviously he, after he was attacked by the bear he passed out and then he woke up at home and like hunter was dead um and then the next day or so the funeral etc and you see that he's kind of relived all those incidences uh, all of that in a space of like a second um his shoulders droop um just gets up, throws himself into your arms, and starts sobbing into your shoulder. So I'll just give him a great big. I was, uh, was going to say bear hug, but that's massively inappropriate, isn't it? I'll return the hug. Um, uh, being mindful of his injury, um, and I'll just say. I'll just say to him, father's looking over us now. He he's looking after us. And as you say that, like I said, the camera kind of pans out away from, well, not out, slightly away from you, leaving Lena and uh, Vanna in that uh, brotherly embrace, and then it drops down in, into the ground towards um, Hunter's grave, and we fade to black um the next thing next scene or place we see um hunter <laughs> uh you find yourself <laughs> you find yourself standing upon um something it feels intangible um you're not sure where you are um all around you is nothingness and void um but you appear to be 
standing up, you can, looking around, and you can see your your limbs, your your physique, your body, but there's nothing but blackness around you. Um, eventually, that blackness seems starts to coalesce. You're not sure how or why, uh, but shapes seem to appear. A landscape similar to the one similar to your own, but rather than um, a place of white and snow, you feel chilled to the bone as if you are frozen solid, so to speak. Um, but you feel nothing external, you feel nothing physical. When you rub your fingers together, you don't, there's no sensation there. Um, all your sensations appear to be like cerebral, so to speak. Um, and as you look out, your landscape continues to coalesce. You see the tree uh, next to where you were buried. You see your farmhouse, but it's all dark and wispy and gray um, as it starts to form out of this nothingness, out of this void. Um, and you find yourself standing below a, a tree, um, looking down upon a recently dug grave. Um, you see no for no other forms, but it certainly looks like your farm, but it's dark and foreboding. Um, and everywhere you look, everywhere you sense something, you're not sure what, but there's something everywhere. Um, as if you are, and it, it certainly rocks you to your very core, to your very soul. If the last thing you physically remember, was a huge, massive bear pool <laughs> making contact with the side of your head. Um, then the next thing you know, you awake in this empty void, which starts to manifest itself into a, the image of your farm, but one of spectral smoke kind of wavers and, and wavers. Um, you see no horizon. You see nothing but blackness and void beyond. Kneel down and look at the. See if I can. See if I can see a name on the grave. See a name on the grave. No name. Okay. Because okay. I checked my notes and your son didn't put one. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I know what it is. Um, so I'll, in which case, then I'll turn around and and head towards the farm. That's sort of where my priorities lie. I guess. That's where my family is. Yeah, uh, Turning you back towards the farm, you you head there, and as you step, the first your first couple of steps, the first thing you, you you realize your footsteps make no sound. Um, there's no crunching of snow beneath your feet. There's no sound of the wind in the air. All the things, the scents, the smells, the sensations that you're used to on the farm, they're all absent. Um, It's alien beyond consideration, beyond doubt. Um, and you make your way towards the farm. You see the back door. Um, as you reach out for it, um, your hand kind of connects with the door handle. But you've got this disconnect between your your mind and your what you assume is your physical form at the moment. Um, obviously, only been recently dead. You've kind of not got used to being dead yet uh, <laughs> you can say you reach out and like your hand kind of passes through the doorknob um and that's obviously pretty concerning it's a pretty strange experience <laughs> uh I, I still think at the moment though there's that almost sort of singular focus on wanting to see my family and wanting to see if there or right uh my last memory obviously is, is of that fight and, and not knowing where one of my sons was and then knowing the other son was in quite a, a bad way um so i think it's i'll, I'll walk through that door <laughs> i went open it i'll walk straight straight through it um just to try and see what i can see inside okay um so you can you go that again so so you you just think, so how are you attempting to open the door? When I try to open it, right? Okay, um, well now your hand kind of passed through the doorknob. You've not tried to yeah. open it yet. Oh no, I'm going to walk through the door. You know, not open the door, like through the door. If, if my hand passed through the doorknob. Yeah, 
So, okay, you, you, you try to you pass through the door itself. Um, and as you kind of pass through the door, you feel the sensation of the, like what, what the wood that you assume the door to be that just isn't there. So you just pass through and you find yourself standing um, in, your, in the living room of your cottage. Look around, everything is where it would normally be. Um, what's missing is your wife and children. I guess if I go into the individual rooms, I guess I'll go to my bedroom first and then the kids' bedrooms and then see if I can see anybody there. You go to, you go to each of the rooms. They're all, as far as items and everything, certainly everything that your memory um, remembers of them, it's all in place. Uh, the bedding, how your wife would tuck it, you know, where you would hang up your clothes, your shield above your uh, fireplace and the spears, etc. Um, I think there's going to be an element of panic in the movements and stuff now. Um, if they're not in the house, the barn would be the next logical place for me to, to try and head towards. And I think as I head towards, I'll be, be shouting their names out as well. So you, you head out of the cottage and over towards over towards the barn. Um, then something that strikes you is strange and odd. There's no sounds of the horse neighing or whining. There's no sounds of the chickens in the coop. Um, still no sound of your own footfalls. You call out to the void. Um, there'd be a little bit of an echo, but not a great deal. But your, your voice kind of just drifts into nothingness. There's no reverberation. There's no return. Sorry, I was about to come drink. Um, I'll uh, I'll head towards the the, the barn uh, uh, in desperation. I think probably more than expectation, and and mm -hmm. just run through the wall. I guess because I can. That's what <laughs> make the most of these. That's what make the most yeah. of these powers. You so you run into the barn. You look around. The hay is stacked as it as you normally would. You're. Um, Everything is pristinely in place. Uh, and the only thing missing is life, or any sign of it, or any sign of it. Um, so I think maybe an element of acceptance starts to creep in, and realization that although it's pretty obvious as soon as I wake up, I'm not. Um, it's not a normal place for me to be. It's not a normal situation. Uh, I'm gonna start um, s start sort of realizing that this isn't where I want to be, and um, run back to the house, sort of screaming the names this time, just with, with no real hope, but just to try and get something. As that thought appears in your head, this realization this this isn't where you're supposed to be. That image of your barn starts to melt into nothingness again in it, and you find yourself running across the ground and you can see your uh, your the barn around you start to melt and like fade and burn away um, leaving just an empty void behind it as you run towards the, the cottage much like the cottage starts to fade from like, the wispy gray darkish gray that it was into blackness and void again and you find yourself standing in an empty void um and you hear a uh, soft gentle voice whispering um i'm trying to i made notes sorry <laughs> whispering uh Darikos, please send his soul um to a better place and you recognize you recognize the voice uh, you recognize it as cadence um the young nalar that came uh, to your to your village uh, not to your village to your uh, to your farm And then, like I said, as your, your farm disappears in the void, you find yourself again standing. Your consciousness is still there, but all around you is nothingness, just a huge expanse of nothing. So as the farm and the, the house sort of fade, I think I'd just be sort of kind of, no, 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 you know, screaming at a... a an absolute desperation as, as that, that fades away and just shouting out and, and when i 
make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, yeah, bear with. Um... Me to roll it or, uh, a second, mate. <laughs> I put my keyboard to one side. <laughs> yeah. uh, wisdom, okay. Wisdom's not. It's not not my strong point. <laughs> I got a plus three, so I, I could could do worse. Uh, uh, I mean, it's average at best, isn't it? Really. As you, as you, as you call like now, because you're seeing your farm starting to melt away, and you reach out trying to. to grasp onto that uh, mental image or that um, conjuration or phantasm or whatever your farm is, it just starts to, you just lose it, you lose the gra uh, grasp of it. And once you've lost that kind of anchor, um, that sensation of you feeling like standing upon something solid disappears and you start to tumble and spin out of control, your senses start to go up and down, your sense of equilibrium is completely lost, and you find yourself tumbling through nothingness um, for, for have not no idea how long. Um, but as you tumble through that darkness, you start to sense kind of pockets of tangibility here and there. Um, you can't see anything, but within the void itself, within the darkness, you sense other things, other conscious, uh, other consciousnesses, um, other minds, so to speak. Um, and you're tumbling out of control. It's quite a unnerving and terrifying presence. And eventually, bang, you hit something that you sense is solid. And you find yourself lying flat on your face um, on, again, much like uh, your first experience when you appeared in uh, the plane of shadows, something tangible beneath you, but all around you again is that sense of nothingness. You just feel that opening your your eyes, so to speak, you still see nothing beneath you, but you're you can feel that your face is pressed against something. You feel there's something tangible beneath you. You know, if I put my lift my face off and, and put my hand right in front of my face can i see anything you can see you can see your hand um okay. it's gray and wispy and um it's not as real and physical as it was before um kind of ghostly and spectral um but it's it certainly stands out in contrast to the void around you the darkness and the, the utter expanse of nothing um but it's dark and wispy and so i can can i still see it or does it get lost in the darkness you can still see it um you'd say you can hold it further away um though you've got no vision obviously there, there's no landmarks or anything for you to <laughs> um to put size or anything to it but obviously you hold it as far away from your face as you you, you can and you can still see it um and as you look along your arm and down at yourself you've got your your breastplate on and um though it's splattered and covered in some kind of dark substance which you can assume is your blood um you have exactly the same gear on that you had when you or certainly your projection of yourself at the moment is wearing the same stuff you had on upon your death um and your standing in the darkness. Um, out of that darkness, you sense you're not alone as this void, so to speak, starts to manifest itself. Um, and you find yourself facing a humanoidish shape. Kind of just manifested. It's humanoid, but it's black and Icarus. Um, the only way that you sense that it stands out from the void around it is just kind of shimmers a little um, as if to give itself presence outside of the nothingness around and it's standing maybe 10 15 feet away from you nothing no response no movement 
It's just swaying slightly. Make my way uh, towards the shadow. As you, as you step forward, it kind of flicks its hand out, flicks one of its limbs, um, his, his right arm, his right limb out, and kind of where the hand would be, kind of like projects outward, and you you see again, like through the, the shimmering light of the void, um, it kind of manifests into what appears to be a sword. Uh, obviously, being a guardsman, you recognize a sword, um, and it lunges at you, initiative. <laughs> Time for Hunter to fight for his very soul. <laughs> no pressure then. <laughs> oh, yeah, great. Okay, so, yeah, uh, as it's just two of us, um, we don't need to do all the countdown stuff. Uh, yeah, the. Uh, the shadowling that is about to attack you goes first. And so it will take a swing. You've got the same uh, statistics you kind of had in life, same armor class, etc. Because um, that's what your mind and consciousness here in the void has manifested for you. Um, so that will be AC 12. Misses. Okay, so it kind of swings and like reactionally you you feel that it's kind of more of thought processes now as opposed to your your physical body taking over and doing things. You sense that your mind is more in control than any any form of like physical reaction. Um, so you, you, you lurch back, um, your mind taking over. As I, so if I, I'll get my sword and shield out. Okay. Um, you uh, think you think, your, you think of your sword, it appears in your hand, you think of your shield, it manifests around your shoulder. Um my shoulder around your arm. Um, and then I'll I'll make my first attack. Go for it. Anyone can see this massive moth flying around, my apologies. It's a bit hot in my room, so I have to have my window open and it's been attracted by the lights. <laughs> Will twenty one do it? Uh, 21 more hit, yes. Uh, roll for done. Uh, you don't have to roll locations. It doesn't have a physical form. It doesn't have a location. <laughs> That's cool. Um, <laughs> nine. Okay, so nine damage. And I'll make my second attack if I, I still get two attacks in the mental round. Yep. Yep, certainly, and it will attempt to parry the second one, as you've just said, uh, which will fail because it rolled a total of six. <laughs> well, you never know. I'd have to mess that up quite badly, wouldn't I? Um, oh, well, I'll crit <laughs> in okay, response. Um, it, has, it has no physical form, so it's immune to injuries. Um, so just roll damage, uh, roll your dice and double the damage on the dice, and then add your bonuses. Do you want me to roll 2d6 or do you want me to just roll the 1d6 and double what it comes out with? Yeah, roll 1d6 and double it. Cool. And then a plus 5. So, well, for a plus 5, so 9 in total. 9 total, another 9. And for, uh, again, for, for sake of the rules, etc., um, you're dead. You are also immune to criticals. <laughs> You cannot be injured. You cannot be injured any more than you currently are, sir. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. Okay. So initiative. Great. Well, there we go. Four. Uh, okay. Uh, you're first. It got three. Okay, I like, this fight is going a little bit better than the last fight, right? Yeah, certainly the fight that certainly fight that when you were alive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet this. Um, I spoke too soon. Eleven, that's probably not going to do it, right? Uh, yeah, eleven's a mess. Cool. Let's hope the second attack has a little bit more luck. Nineteen. Parry the second one, and yeah, fell the parry. So normal damage. Thank you. 
Hey. Deep talk. Um, and it was going to take a swing at you. Sorry. Okay. No, 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 19, 23 total. Yeah. Well, oh no, that's because I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> Wait a minute, no, that's, that's the one, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. No, 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 that, that, yeah, you rolled one. So it rolled a one point. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, 1d20 plus five, as you say, yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I put a, a badly placed space. Uh, 14. Okay, so yeah, it hits. What did it, yeah, what did it get? 19, is it? Yeah, yeah 23 total. Oh, 23 total, yeah, definitely then, no argument. So he hit you in the... Uh, left arm, dealing... Uh, five, eight points of necrotic damage. Do I still get locational damage? Yep. So uh, you, still function, yeah. you, you, you still function normally. This creature would never okay. have location. Uh, even if it yeah, manifested yeah. in the material plane. It I never would have good It was worth a try. <laughs> oh, that's how it's going, is it? Yeah. As it's straight through, you can feel you can feel yourself weakening as if it was sucking the life out of you. Or certainly I would say sucking your very soul from you. Nice. Cool. Is it back to initiative, or does it get another no, go at me? Back to initiative. Interesting crit. So yeah, it got ten. Cool. Let's have at it then. Okay, so yeah, uh, natural twenty from Hunter, so he's definitely going for it. He could have done with this last time, couldn't he? A few of these nat twenties. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Uh, well, there we go. That one misses. Uh, second attack, 18. We got a hit. Uh, yep, second attack's 18. Oh, one second. He was gonna, always going to parry the second. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So, yeah. so he can't parry anything. So, yeah. Go ahead. Normal damage. Cool. Oh, eight damage. Eight. Okay. As you strike its form, you, that shimmering presence that kind of um, manifests around it to kind of uh, separate it from the void uh, from whence it came uh, shatters and you see little sparks of nothingness and darkness kind of erupt and it fades away into again nothingness uh, uh, again just back into the void from whence it came whence it came and then you just find yourself standing upon this To use to use a proper phase, eternal void that just drifts off in all directions. Um, you can sense a malevolence all around you, everywhere. Um, you're alone in nothingness. I think I'll keep my shield up, my sword, you know, pointed out, and I, I'm going to do a slow rotation sort of really listening out to see if I can hear anything coming and just, just to make sure that this thing hasn't disappeared only to appear behind me or something. Okay. So, do, an, do, an, do an a 360 as you uh, pivot around. Again, you see nothingness around you. Just this, like I say, eternal expanse of malevolence all around you. It's oppressive. Um, and you sense that the biggest com well, the biggest feeling that you have is alien um as if your presence is alien to this place um much like back in back in the material plane when you were alive um there was a sense of connection with the world that you live the universe that you were part of all living things are aware of their existence and you can feel the land you can feel the air you feel, but here there's nothing there's no there's no like external presence for you to connect to um so it is a truly alien experience and you can sense the energy that there is an energy of sorts 
all around you and can you make a constitution saving throw? That's not good, is it? No, six is not good at all. Um, okay, so you lose three points of permanent health. So reduce your total health by three. As you can sense, as you feel the very void that you're a part of, it starts to seep into your soul, because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that is here in the plane of shadows. And you can feel it slowly sucking your soul from you and into it. Yeah, that's not good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not good. I think um, Hunter's going to try and focus on, in the back of his mind, keep a nice sort of memory burning of his family, uh, an idolized sort of postcard picture. Okay, so what, exactly what image do you conjure uh, in your mind um, sure. to activate this postcard or anchor or whatever? It would be a, a, you know, fire blazing, all the family in the living room together, um, sat down eating a meal, kind of joking, laughing, um, bit of a sort of Christmassy scene or something, you know, almost. <laughs> it's, it's the sort of thing you're going, but it's, it's that sort of image of, of you know, a nice roaring fire, a home that he's proud of, a family he loves, and and really anchor onto that as its happier sort of memory. Okay, so you've set that image in your mind. Make a charisma saving throw. No, actually, a wisdom saving throw because it's your your willpower that is attempting to manifest and anchor this image. Yep, of course. <laughs> no, I got a two. I got five total. So okay. that image just, just goes. <laughs> you, you said it, you, you set up the image. I think maybe it's a, a, a case of potentially the realization of where you possibly are or trying to understand it or the, the sense that where you currently are is starting to nibble away and eat away at your soul. You know, say looking down that you, you certainly don't feel as bright or strong as you were uh, moments ago when you felt part of your soul melt away, so to speak, um, and that shock or that horror um, or that realization that potentially the longer you're here, um, the more of your soul will be stripped away from you um, until such time as you are nothing, much like the void all around you. I... There's still nothing I can see. There's no sort of visual or, or even audio sort of clues as to. No, you are in an, what certainly appears to be an empty void. Uh, certainly tumbling from where you you where the, where you were in that that image or that thought of your your farm to where you are now. You felt yourself falling, but you weren't sure if you were falling up, down, sideways, or in, in every direction at once. There was no uh, frame of reference. There's no landmarks, but you, as you fell through nothingness, um, you did feel that there were other consciousnesses out there within the void somewhere. So, again, you know, loudly, so this time not aimed at the, the sort of spectre I saw, but just up into the air, out into the, the void, um, just shout, is anybody there? As you yell this into the void, you feel your voice, not so much lungs expand, you scream and you yell with all of your soul and all of your voice. Um, and the void is eternal. There's no echo or anything. Your voice just booms out into nothingness. Um, certainly came across louder than you expected. Um, and then you wait. One second, two seconds. The fact that there's no echo suggests that you're certainly not somewhere that has walls or anything that could potentially return your return uh, your voice to you. And then 
you feel something, something primal, something beyond your certainly moral framework and understanding. And there's a deep guttural feeling that wells in your stomach, one of alien, one of pure doom. And that's where we'll leave Hunter standing in the void, <laughs> essentially awakening something <laughs> dark, dark and sinister. Um, and we will find out what happens to Hunter and the and potentially uh, Lena and the others um, next time. Uh, it was great having having you along, Nick. Um, superb. Um, I really enjoyed that. It was good fun. <laughs> um... It is nice to play a not in the physical realm and see a different side to mm -hmm. to things that yeah, a path less explored. So we, I guess it's good. We've tied a tied a few of our, our little ends from like our main campaign about what happened at the farm after the, the the party left, and we've discovered that hunters somewhere his soul would rather not be. Um, so yeah, we'll pick up on that. We'll be back tomorrow for our recap show um if you're available um feel free to let us know and you can pop back on um and give your thoughts about it. hopefully this time your internet won't melt down and <laughs> we'll actually be able to have a conversation with you um, to dm tomorrow <laughs> oh yeah good point good point Sorry. um but yeah we'll, we'll we'll see more from hunter next week we'll let everyone know exactly what times that he'll be around um and i'll be back on friday with our Dev Corner. Um, there is no uh, A Shadow Awakens on Monday. We're taking a break from the regular campaign because we've got a couple of people away. Um, we'll be doing something different. We'll potentially be playing Paranoia, which should be uh, a laugh and a giggle, one of my favorite old systems from yesteryear. Um, so yeah, uh, good stuff. Thanks for coming along, everyone, and being around. Uh, cheers for, uh, I, I can never pronounce your name. I know they're American. But thanks for the raid. Uh, thanks for Izzy and Darakos and everyone else that's been around and likes of uh, Mike and stuff that are lurking. Um, and we will see you all next week for the Adventures of, um, which is our Wednesday one-on-one or two-on-one built show, uh, the Adventures of Eric Serizar. And we will catch up with Eric and discover um, what, the, what trouble the linear has got himself into. So cheers, everyone. Thanks for coming, Nick. Um, that was... That was certainly good fun. So, yeah, really uh, good. Jerry, bye, folks. Bye. <laughs> and.